This is Taekwon Lewis. You're listening to Dash to the Draft on Sports Crunch. Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo, and the 2018 NFL free agency frenzy is mostly in the rearview mirror, and that means the attention of the NFL universe now shifts to the 2018 draft, which is just over five weeks away. And as a result, you can expect our Dash to the Draft series to kick into overdrive from now until draft day as we bring you the latest insight and analysis that will keep you distracted from all the smoke and mirrors teams will throw at you over this next month. Tonight, we bring you the fourth edition of our 2018 draft series with a dive into this talented class of defensive backs. And joining us to break these defensive back prospects down is Jeff Barnes, who is the lead writer for Cover2Draft.com. How are you, Jeff? Fine to you, Dave. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome, Jeff. Thank you for joining us. And without further ado, let's begin with a prospect that is apparently viewed differently within the NFL as opposed to the media and draft Twitter, and that is the super versatile defensive back from Alabama, Mika Fitzpatrick. While many on our side of the fence still see him as a top five can't-miss prospect, NFL.com draft analyst Lance Zierlein tweeted out a few days ago that a few teams he's spoken to see Fitzpatrick as a good but not special talent, and in addition, a good friend of the show, Eric Trickle, also believes that Fitzpatrick is somewhat of a tweener, and he suggested that he, quote, lacks the straight coverability to be a corner and the range to be a full-time safety, unquote. Give us your opinion about Mika Fitzpatrick. How high should he be drafted? Um, to me, he's still, when you talk about this draft, he's still one of the top players on the board. Um, is he that special kind of player? No, he is a very versatile player. The player you can line up in a slot on certain players. So when you see the coverage skill, no, he is not a cornerback. In my opinion, to me, he's, he's a the kind of safety that you look for that can step down and cover a slot receiver. Um, so he's definitely a strong safety in my book. Can he play over the top? Yes, but I wouldn't play him over the top full time. His range is limited, um, but for the most part, this is a cover safety, a guy that's going to come up and make um, aggressive tackles in the run game. Uh, He's going to make aggressive tackles on short passes. He's going to get in the receiver's face. He can press. He can cover tight ends. So this is this is a kind of player that you want as a safety. Um, And if you thought Landon Collins was good, I think he's about that same kind of mold. Yeah, Landon Collins, another Alabama Crimson Tide safety now with the New York Giants. Uh, how high do you think Mika Fitzpatrick can be drafted? What do you think is his floor for his draft value? Well, as, as high as he can go. Well, he's definitely not going at one to Cleveland. I mean, we know it's going to be an offensive player. So the way things are shaking out, if Cleveland stays at four, there's a possibility for him there because they definitely need help in the secondary. I don't see him moving out the corner, but pairing him uh, with Jabril Peppers would be a good move. This is a, it gives uh, Peppers a chance now to focus on being just a, a free safety, allows him to play the strong, and they can get plenty of corner help later on in the draft. As far as if he does fall, um, there are plenty of teams in this draft looking for help in the secondary. When it comes down to it, he may slip as far as Oakland at 10, who's definitely in need of safety help as well. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, and the Raiders are a definite possibility for him. And let's move on to this corner class for a second. And arguably the top-tier corner in this class is Ohio State's Denzel Ward. Super fast, twitchy, and he plays bigger than his 5'10 height. And speaking of the Cleveland Browns with the fourth overall pick, there has been some recent buzz that he is being highly considered by the Browns at that spot. Do you think he's worthy of being drafted that high despite his height? 
Uh, to me, he is the best corner in the draft. Would it be a bit of a reach? Uh, yes, I still think if you're looking at overall talent on the board, Fitzpatrick would be the higher talent. But if they're looking for corner help and they're going to go after need, then by all means, he is the best corner in the draft. He gives you coverability. He is physical. Um, he does have a great ability to break on the football and get turnovers. So he's the kind of guy that you do want. He can play off man. He can play press. He can play in zone. He's scheme diverse. So um, definitely Denzel Ward would be the definitely the best corner on the draft on the board right now. And many people would agree with you, Jeff. And there is another sub six foot corner that helped his stock at the combine, and he is Louisville's Jair Alexander. Aside from the excellent numbers he put up in Indy, he ran a four three eight forty, a hundred twenty seven inch broad jump, six seven one three cone, and a three nine eight twenty yard shuttle. He's also known for his sharp instincts, and that could make some teams view him as a full time nickel corner. And given the increasing importance of that particular corner position, would it surprise you to see Jair Alexander get drafted in the first round if his medicals come back all right? Well, that's going to be the key for him is the medicals. That's what kept him out last year with injuries. Um, to me, this is one of the best corners in the draft right now. I still have him number two on my board. Um, and granted, we're not finished with our total grades for the guys. But right now, when you look at the uh, film, this is one of the best corners in the draft other than the injuries. He has the ability to break on the ball. Once again, another guy that's not afraid to go up and make a tackle. Uh, we have some guys that are great at coverage in this draft, but they are horrible at tackling. So he is not one of those guys. But the problem is the durability aspect of it. He's a very slight guy. He is 5'11", but 188. So there's not a lot of flesh to him. So he's going to take some bumps and bruises. Yes, the medicals will definitely be clear, but suppose at least one team with corner help is um, satisfied with those medicals in round one. Would you be surprised if such a team pounces on him that early? Um, well, I could see somebody taking him around one. I mean, cornerback is definitely a need, just like O-line when it comes to uh, the draft. Uh, if you have a lot of depth at the position in the draft, they're going to be teams who have the need are going to take them early because the fact of the matter is if these players are higher on the board, they're something that you need with uh, the three and four wide receiver packages that are constant in the NFL now. You can't rely on safeties to do all the things that your corners do. So the third and fourth corners are big. A lot of teams are spending a lot more time in nickel and dime sub packages. You know, so you need these cover players. You know, you have to take risks. You can't sit there in zone all the time. Quarterbacks are used to it. Um, so you have to match up. You have to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. In order to do that, you have to cover on the back end. So definitely three, four corners minimum per team. Quality corners at that. Yes, and as you mentioned, this is a very, very talented corner class, and as many as four other corners that we haven't mentioned yet are being mocked in the first round, and they are Josh Jackson of Iowa, Mike Hughes of Central Florida, Carlton Davis of Auburn, and Isaiah Oliver of Colorado. Which of those guys are not first-round worthy, in your opinion? Uh, for me, it's Josh Jackson. And with Josh Jackson, you look at it, he has the size that you like. He's a very physical player. What you're not seeing is the consistency in coverage. You know, when you look at his game, overall, he's a 4-5-6-40, so he's not a slow guy, but he's not a blazing guy either. He doesn't have long speed, which is where he struggled this year. And when he gave up some passes, they were longer balls and some red zone throws in the back of the end zone. So with Josh Jackson, to me, he's a second-round player because he's not that guy that's going to guarantee you um, the side of the field is going to be competitive. He's going to have his struggles. Uh, yes, and also uh, give us your uh, overview of those other three, Mike Hughes, Carlton Davis, and Isaiah Oliver, and what makes them worthy of first-round selections. 
Well, Isaiah Oliver is another one, big player. You look at his his skill set; he has everything you want. Once again, he's not a blazing fast corner at four five and a forty. But when you look at his skill set, long rangey corner, who has the ability to play man, stay with his receiver, um, which again gives you a little bit of physicalness to you. He's going to press. He's going to come up. He's going to make a tackle on those short catches, which is important. Everybody runs bubble screen. Everybody likes to run those quick slants, now screens. Um, it's just like in college now, the art run pass options big. So the ball comes out quick. Your corners, if they're not going to be there to break the ball up, they have to make tackles. So these are guys that are all going to do that. Uh, Carlton Davis is another one. He's, he's probably one of the best press corners in this class. And when you look at him, uh, what he was asked to do at Auburn, did a lot for that defense virtually shut down the field side of the, the strong side of the field um so when you, when you look at these guys hughes is another one we're talking about big guys the problem with hughes though was a past um, i believe he did have some legal issues in his past and the reason why he ended up where he ended up but he's as a player his film is phenomenal you know and he fits the it plays to his size some guys don't play that big that they are and he's one of those guys that does play to his size, and he has the skill set. It's just a matter of the off-the-field issues that hurt him in the past. Yes, and speaking of Carlton Davis, I just got my uh, Lindy's uh, draft magazine yesterday, and uh, they kind of compared him to Richard Sherman. Do you see that? Um, absolutely. I mean, the, neither one of those two guys were very fast players. Both of those guys ran similar uh, speeds. I think f- uh, Sherman's 40 was a little bit slower, but they're long-ranging players. They don't have to be in perfect position to make a play on the football. And that's what you want in these big corners. That's why the big corners are in vogue. You put them on the outside. Um, as long as they stay within a certain range, they have the long arms, the bat to pass away, tip it to a defend another defender, just stay in the ability to make the play. Um, the shorter corners are the guys that you struggle with because those are the guys that usually don't have the uh, ball skills to match up with the bigger NFL receivers. Most definitely. And moving back to this safety class for a second, Mika uh, Fitzpatrick, you consider a safety at the other safety in this class that some have ranked ahead of Mika Fitzpatrick on their safety boards reportedly is Florida State's Derwin James. Do you think Derwin James did enough at the combine to warrant a top 10 to 15 selection? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you look at him, the stuff that he's going to do with the combine is just going to showcase the athlete that Derwin James is. When you look at his film, you have to love what you see. I mean, he's the kind of player that's going to come up, and once again, makes an impact in a run game, comes up and does a good job in coverage. Put him on a tight end, put him on a slot receiver. Now, what he's when he, just like Fitzpatrick, though, he's not great over the top. So these are players that you're going to look at mostly as strong safety prospects. Uh, yes, but can Derwin James also uh, play the slot as well? That's what I've heard from several other people. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's like I was saying with uh, Fitz, I'm sorry, like I was saying with Fitzpatrick, they're both guys that you can match up with players in the slot. Um, they have their speed, they have the athleticism, they both can cover uh, well, and they're not going to be matched up with the top guy. And these they're not going to be matched up with the uh, the top receiver that you're going to face. They're going to be matched up with more of the limited guys, uh, the smaller, shiftier receivers or bigger receivers that are trying to hide from press coverage because they are not capable of getting off clean. So they're going to get they're going to get more of the or the big tight ends. So they're going to get the players that they match up well with size-wise, speed-wise, and they have the coverage ability to do it. You know, they're not playing against uh, your Andre Johnson's types, you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. 
And aside from Mika Fitzpatrick and Derwin James, do you think that there are any other safeties worthy of a first-round selection? Um, when I look at these safeties, yes, there's still one or two. And they're a loose one or two uh, when it comes to the safeties. Um, one of them is Armani Watts from A&M. And another player we look at, who he actually is one of those players that you can fit at either safety. He has a little more range than the other two over the top. He can play down in the box. Um, not as physical as those two, but he's a player that you can fit at either safety and plug and play right away. He has the speed and athleticism to do it. The other one is a bit of a more of a second round grade in my book, and that's uh, Ronnie Harrison from Alabama. To me, he's another true strong safety type, and this is where when you looked at Alabama's defense, how did they play with two strong safeties? Because Harrison is definitely a box safety. He's a guy that's going to be physical. He's not the greatest in man coverage. He's more of a zone safety. He can play over the top, but he doesn't have that range for one high. So you could put him in a cover two scheme where he can cover half the field. He also can play as a strong safety in a box where you run him in the flats on some coverages. He can match up with tight ends, but I wouldn't put him up against the really athletic ones that can um, beat him in coverage. For the most part, but I mean, when you look at this kind of player, he is a strong safety that you would love to plug and play right away. I wouldn't take him high in round one if I'm at the back end of it and I want to get ahead of the early second round teams. That's the place where I would take him if I'm going to take him in the first round. He is Jeff Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, of Cover2Draft.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Cover2Draft, and that is the digit two, just to let you know. And now we move on to one of my favorite games of the show, and it's called Buy or Sell. I'm going to name a defensive back prospect that's been getting a lot of love in the draft Twitter world, and you tell me where whether you buy or sell his draft stock, starting with Stanford's Justin Reed. Justin Reed. For me, I'm selling it. Um... For me, Justin Reed is a good player, but he hasn't sold me on on the position that everybody's talking about taking him. To me, he still has some holes in his game. Um, I still worry about him playing in space. Um, he does a lot of good things in coverage, smooth hips, uh, turns well. But when it comes down to it, the ball skills, he does get interceptions, but there are some, some tip balls in there. I want to see some more clean plays from him, and I don't see those on film. A guy who we saw down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, Kazir White of West Virginia. You buy or sell? I'm buying Kazir White. Uh, Kazir White's the kind of player, when you look at him on the field, he was actually involved in a lot of plays at the Senior Bowl, raised the stock for me. Um, saw, I saw a lot of West Virginia games. He made some great plays. Um, not a really great defense, so he was one of those guys that did shine out to you when you watched the film. Has good range um, with him. I'm worried about if he has the frame to take the pounding at safety. He is 6'2", but it's a slight 216. So uh, he's the kind of guy, when you're going to be coming up and taking on backs in the open field, can he uh, last for 16 games? Yes, and his brother Kevin has unfortunately not lasted well either, so hopefully a different thing awaits uh, Kazir. And another guy, buy or sell, Jesse Bates of Wake Forest. Wake Forest, Jesse Bates. He's one of those players that, He's still an enigma to me. Um, I'm going to sell him for now because I haven't seen enough evidence for me to buy him yet. Um, I've seen a little film on him so far. He's a solid player, but I haven't seen enough of him to make me say I'm sold on him just yet. Another guy we saw down in Mobile was Trayvon Henderson of Hawaii. Buy or sell? 
Oh, I'm buying Trayvon Henderson. Um, I got to see some film against um, um, Mass this year, uh, and I saw a few more games on him. Loved him at the Senior Bowl. Thought he should have uh, had a more of a uh, spotlight at the Combine. He didn't get it. Um, but this is a player that I really, really like. Like his size, like his ability, like the range, um, like the instincts, especially. And I think he's an underrated player and definitely a value. He could very well be a great day three or late day two value. And another guy we saw down in Mobile that should have gotten invited to the Combine, in my opinion, South Alabama's Jeremy Reeves. Buy or sell? Jeremy Reeves. I'm not sold on Jeremy Reeves just yet. I'm I'm going to sell him just yet. I am not sold uh, from what I've seen on the film so far. Um, As far as with him, it's not that he's not an athlete. I see the athleticism there. The problem is, do I see him having that same success against the level of competition? I am not sold on that just yet. Yet another guy we saw in automobile was MJ Stewart of North Carolina. Buy or sell? I'm buying MJ Stewart. He's one of the players, those gritty smaller corners that I talked about. Um, I liked him during the year. Very physical player. Where he struggles for me is in off-man coverage and zone. So if you're a team that plays a lot of man, just like Cordrea Tankersley last year, not a strong uh, zone cover guy, but when it comes to man coverage, this is a guy that you've put on somebody in past situations, especially in the slot, and let him have at it. So he's definitely a buy for me. Another guy we saw down in Mobile, and I keep listing these on purpose because uh, it helps when you see him with your own two eyes, Boston College's Isaac Yadam, buy or sell? Isaac Yadam, to me... He's a buy as safety. Um, I know people have talked about him, you know, because he plays in corner at Boston College for a short while. To me, he's a safety. Um, plays the position well. He's another guy you can match up with slots and tight ends. Um, I don't look for him to make a major impact early. I think he's more of a sub-package guy until he gets the, the lay of the land when it comes to how fast the NFL game is. But he's definitely a guy who I think has a bright future. Yes, and keep in mind, Boston College sent two pretty great young safeties to the NFL uh, in Justin Simmons and John Johnson these last two years, and Isaac Yadam just might make three. And we conclude our buy or sell game with Rashawn Golden of Tennessee, buy or sell. Now, I like the film on Golden, but what made me sell him was the numbers. When he came down to it, he came out to the combine and put up a 4-6-1-40. And, you know, as a safety, that would be great. But they listed him as a corner before. So I evaluated him as a corner. And as far as a corner, I don't think he has the top end speed to last. Now, I think he can eventually transition to safety. But he's a sub-package guy from the beginning. He is. I just don't think he has the matchup speed on the outside to play corner. Jeff Barnes, Cover2Draft.com. We thank you so much for joining the show and donating your time and your amazing knowledge to this program. But before you go, we want to discuss what some of the best potential teams are for some of these prospects. Starting with Mika Fitzpatrick, what do you think is the best possible fit for him team-wise? To me, I think the best fit for him would be, once again, we talked about it earlier, put him in in Cleveland with Peppers. And I think that's a nice tandem of young safeties that will grow together, learn to play together and make that defense a better defense. What about Denzel Ward? Denzel Ward. To me, he should be the first corner off the board. I would love nothing more to see him uh, in Denver. We just saw them purge a lot of their secondary, Uh, although I think they're going to take quarterback early. I would love to see him in Denver, him and Chris Harris together. Uh, That would be intriguing. Uh, What about Jair Alexander? Alexander is that small corner we talked about. He's not very big, but he's physical. 
And if he could stay healthy, what a great Raider he would make. Oh, the Raiders could definitely use some help. What about Carlton Davis? I'm kind of thinking the Seahawks. What about you? Oh, absolutely. Well, we saw another team that's been purging defensive players. The Seahawks need to get younger. He's a big corner. Steps right into that uh, left cornerback spot that was vacated by Richard Sherman. Yes, and another guy the Seahawks could be targeting and might have to trade up for him if possible, Derwin James. Well, Derwin James is going to be one of those guys. If you want him, you got to go up and get him. And when I look at some of the teams on this list, I think the best fit for me for a safety of Derwin James caliber would be, believe it or not, the Washington Redskins. Um, There's a team, when you look at their secondary, they're a team in flux. And they need corners, but most importantly, on that back end, there's no really big intimidator. Sua Cravens is a tweener. This is a guy that gives him credibility at the safety position. And last but not least, what is the best possible fit for Kazir White? Kazir White. Um, to me, put him in Green Bay. Um, there's a team that's going to use him in the middle of the field. Give, use take care, Take advantage of his range, most importantly, a team that has a lot of different players up front that can take that can take care of the run game, allow him to worry about the pass. Keep him away from the physical part of the game. I think he'll last 16 games. But if he has to play in a scheme where he has to come up constantly in support, I think that's where he breaks down. And I think that's where he won't last. Put him in a team where he can play pass first, run second, and he'll last 16 games. Jeff Barnes, thank you so much once again, and we hope to have you on this program in the very near future. Thanks again, Dave. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Jeff. It's The pleasure was all ours. And that's it for today here on Sports Crutch with D. Crom. But we will be back with more of our Dash to the Draft series, including a very special episode, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Jeff, especially since there's never an off-season for talking football. For Jeff Barnes, our producer Chris Broadhead, I'm David Cromwell saying so long, and of course, stay awesome.